Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast. I'm your primary host, Karsten. Uh, since it is a Monday, I'm again joined by my co-host and good friend, uh, Wyatt. How are you doing today, Wyatt? I'm doing really good. I had a great Thanksgiving, ate much, way too much food. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I have avoided the scale like the plague today. That's probably a good idea for all of us, right? <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, same there. Had a great Thanksgiving with family. Um, at the same time, excited to get back, especially excited that uh, we're now into to Christmas time. We're getting the Christmas music going and you're not getting shunned for playing Christmas music. It's a oh, good time. Yeah. I, <laughs> I will say I'm one of the shunners for playing Christmas music before Thanksgiving, but now I'm like all in been listening to it all day. So right yeah for me (laughs) i could listen to it you know november 1st on i could listen to it you take a break for thanksgiving and then you keep going but uh you know now it's no holds barred so um that's right (laughs) (laughs) with with that we'll we'll go ahead and get started with uh today's episode first we're again doing what we did last week as far as the quote-unquote five-on-five drill instead of trying to summarize all the games especially since we missed most of last week's episodes uh trying to summarize you know 20 30 games it would it'd be a nightmare and it would take us a long time so instead we're going to summarize well normally be five games i've thrown in a bonus game simply because of uh some of the stats that came out of it so we have six games but we'll try and be brief with some of those firstly um from last tuesday the nets brooklyn nets were in philadelphia facing the 76ers this was one of our highlighted games in the previews for you know one primary reason that being Ben Simmons return to Philadelphia as someone who would actually be playing remember last year he was traded and then I think it was pretty soon after maybe a week or, or a couple weeks afterwards Brooklyn was playing in Philly um, but he was not suited up since he was still dealing with uh, that back injury or whatever exactly the issue was there but he did play it for his actual return to Philadelphia. Uh, and the Sixers were without their big three of um, Joel Embiid, James Harden. Of course, Harden's been out for some time. Uh, Maxi as well did not play in that game either. So they were uh, struggling with their, their star power, their depth. But Philadelphia was still able to come out with a win in this game, uh, surprisingly enough. Of course, I, I didn't catch this game live, but I did go back to see the introduction of Ben Simmons for the home crowd just to hear the news <laughs> <laughs> because I, I feel bad. Mighty? They were pretty good. I honestly was a little bit disappointed because in the recommendations, it came up with when LeBron made his first return to Cleveland after he went to Miami. Mm-hmm. And comparing the two, there's no comparison. Like. Uh-oh. As soon as they start to like, you know, LeBron, it's like six, six, eight forward. Like the whole place is just in, unanimous. It's unbelievable. Wasn't quite the same energy with Philly, probably especially because he already came back last year and got some booze. But regardless, right. um, looking at some of the game charts here, uh, Brooklyn did all right in the first quarter, but then Philly took kind of a lead. Close in the third, but Philly ran away with it in the fourth. Uh, as far as Brooklyn goes, Durant only 20, uh, Kyrie 23. And that seems a little bit silly, but when you don't have a ton of other scoring help, that's kind of a big thing for them. 
Simmons, 11 points, 11 assists, along with three seals and three blocks. He did his defensive thing. Uh, still not doing a lot of scoring, but I guess that's kind of more what we should expect as far as what he's going to do this season, what this uh, Brooklyn team will do or expect from him. Meanwhile, for Philly, Tobias Harris led the way, 24 points. Melton added 22 points of his own. Uh, and Paul Reed, 19 points, 10 boards off the bench. So strong showing for Philly's bench and good for them to help, you know, get a win with all those guys missing. Uh, pretty tough situation. Uh, again, Wyatt, if you have any kind of comments you want to add as far as commentary, feel free to, you know, interrupt me at any point, throw a challenge flag, and I will <laughs> give I'll give the time to you. Um, but otherwise, I'll just kind of blaze through these. Uh, another game to summarize from Tuesday night slate, the uh, Los Angeles Lakers lost on the road in Phoenix against the Suns. This was, of course, noteworthy. You probably saw the incident between Patrick Beverly and DeAndre Ayton. Of course, Aiden yes. gives a yeah, yeah. You saw that. Everybody I saw did that. See. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, Aiden fouls Reeves on the drive, stands over him, gives kind of a look, and then Patrick Beverly. I I don't mind the move as far as you know team morale, standing up for a teammate. I don't know about a shove quite that hard, but we have a little. There's a news nugget there that we can talk about. But um, for the Lakers. AD had a fantastic game, 37 points, 21 rebounds, five steals, five blocks. My goodness. Unbelievable. LeBron did not play in this game. Uh, Lonnie Walker added 24. Meanwhile, uh, Phoenix was just a little bit more uh, well-rounded. Mikhail Bridges led the way for them. Uh, Well, him and Devin Booker, 25 each. Aiden with 15 boards. uh, And they just had a little bit you know, better team game there, the home team. Uh, Game charts wise, yeah, Phoenix led throughout most of the game. So they were able to get the win there at home. Um, Next, our third of our five games. Again, we have a bonus game we'll talk about. Wednesday, we had uh, the Bulls on the road in Milwaukee against the Bucks and Chicago able to win that game. I wanted to highlight this just because – on Monday, Chicago also beat Boston, uh, the Celtics in Boston, and so it was you know pretty big for them. And we'll talk about it more with our power rankings. That Chicago was able to get wins against the Bucks and the Bulls, you know, pretty unanimously the two best teams in the East um, in the span of a week. I think that's pretty big for them. Um, for Milwaukee, Giannis had a great game all round. Uh, 36 and 11 boards, uh, 12 boards for Portis off the bench. Great job there. Uh, but for Chicago, DeMar DeRozan led the charge. Levine and Vucevic backed him up. Uh, Desonmu is getting the start at point guard uh, the last few games, and that seems to be working out well enough. They're still without Lonzo Ball, of course, from uh, some offseason injury, surgery-related issues. Uh, Milwaukee led through most of the first. Chicago took it uh, in the second and they were able to win that game in Milwaukee. Again, big game for them as far as that Eastern Conference uh, standings. That is really impressive. I hadn't I hadn't seen that they beat the Bucks and the Celtics this week. Yeah, I, I <clears throat> thought, it, thought it was great for them. Although they did lose, uh, I think they lost Friday. Let me double check that. The yeah, Pistons, they, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> close, they lost to the Thunder oh, okay. uh, on Friday. So like, you know. Lose a little bit of momentum, but still, you know, pretty solid 
week for them to be able to get those two wins. Um, our next game is also from Friday, and it's the Jazz and the Warriors. The Golden State Warriors won at home against the Utah Jazz, 129-118. to 118. The Jazz on a bit of a slide, and we'll and talk about that more with our power rankings. Um, but, yeah, I wanted to highlight it for kind of what the Jazz have been doing as far as they've been struggling a little bit more, but also to highlight what Golden State's done well. Uh, in this game, again, it's at home. Golden State led big through most of the game. Utah kind of brought it back in the third, but Golden State still won. For Utah, marketing 24, leading the way for them, as has been kind of the expectation. Uh, 10 boards for Vanderbilt, 10 assists for Clarkson. Um, Jazz still without Mike Conley, and that's going to be a thing, again, we'll discuss with our power rankings. Uh, meanwhile, for Golden State, all the starters score in double figures. Looney with 12 boards and Curry, 33 points. Uh, Poole with 19 off the bench as well to help give them a win there. So, again, Golden State kind of going up. Jazz starting to slump a bit. Um, so that's a storyline from that game. Uh, fifth of our five main games uh, came from Sunday's slate, and that was the Memphis Grizzlies on the road in New York against the Knicks. And the main storyline here is John Morant in the garden. We talk about, uh, you know, the garden being a place where the stars shine. Um, even if most of the time those stars don't actually play for the Knicks. Um, for New York, they had, you know, a solid game from their starters. Brunson, Brunson had 30 points. Uh, he's been playing very well offensively for them lately. Um, but, you know, Memphis was just led by a triple-double from John Morant. 27 points, 14 assists, 10 boards. Again, all five starters in double figures. Brooks chips in 23 as well, and they're able to edge the Knicks in that game. Um, then our bonus game, our real quick one more game to talk about, is going back to Friday, the Trailblazers, the Portland Trailblazers, were on the road in New York again against the Knicks. And they won in overtime, 132 to 129. And I I wasn't going to talk about this one, but I decided to just because of the statistical uh, standouts from this game. For New York, again, Brunson, 32 points. So that was back-to-back games of 30 points. He's doing great, you know. Uh, Barrett and Randall combined for, what is that, uh, 42 between them. You know, they're, they're doing their thing. Emmanuel quick, quickly, 18 off the bench. But for Portland, I mean, listen to these stats. Jeremy Grant, 44 points from Jeremy Grant. That's something. Wow. Then you, you add 38 points from Anthony Simons. Then you have Josh Hart, who's starting at, you know, small forward. He's he's a small, small forward to, you know, be somewhat clever. I think he's 6'5", 6'6". Um, really more of a shooting guard. Uh, but he grabs 19 rebounds in this game. 19 boards <laughs> for a 6'6", wow. basically a guard, right? Anyways, just thought I'd highlight that real quick. Uh, again, it was an overtime game, so that was a big win for Portland. Uh, so those are some games to kind of help get you caught up a little bit on the action from the past week. Um, then our segment that we're calling the six men, technically our six man could have been that bonus game, but... Uh, our six men are these little nuggets from the games we didn't talk about that are worth mentioning. Uh, first, real quick, we'll just get caught up on the LeBron scoring tracker. 
he has a thousand and sixteen points to go in his chase for the all-time NBA points record in a, a career, which is held by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So we haven't talked too much about that. So I thought we'd update people on that. Um, there were three overtime games this last week, uh, and two of them were in Oklahoma City. Uh, Denver at Oklahoma City, as well as Chicago at Oklahoma City. So that was uh, pretty interesting to have two Oklahoma City games in there, as well as the aforementioned uh, Portland, New York game. Uh, Monday, Norman Powell had 30 points off the bench. Solid performance from him. Um, the Both the Boston Celtics and the Sacramento Kings, who had some of the longer winning streaks, uh, both those streaks were ended this past week. The Celtics uh, had gotten up nine wins. The Kings had, uh, had a streak of seven wins. Wednesday, Luka Doncic had 42 points in a loss. That was one of the higher scoring performances. Um, on Wednesday as well, Nicole Jokic and Bruce Brown almost had triple doubles each in their game. I believe they won that game. Pretty big night from them. Uh, just a few more points. On Friday, uh, Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. Trey Young had 44 points. DeJounte Murray had 39 However, the Hawks still found a way to lose that game. A hmm. combined 83 points from them. That's hard to imagine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in Saturday's game, the Rockets, um, Alperen Shangun grabbed 19 boards as the Rockets were able to get their uh, first win streak. So they won back-to-back games for the first time this season. Uh, also on Saturday... DeAndre Ayton had 29 points and 21 boards in their victory against the Utah Jazz. And finally, Sunday, I got to go pull up the box score for this because this was pretty remarkable. Um, this was one of my ESPN you know, notifications that came up. Uh, Zubots had an absolutely monster night. Oh, and now the box score is not going to pull up. Here we go. Okay. So, so listen to the stat line. 31 points. 29 rebounds, three assists, and three blocks. Wow. Yeah. That is impressive. That's uh, AD numbers. That's that's more than AD numbers. That's <laughs> that's Wilt Chamberlain numbers almost. <laughs> um, he did foul out of this game, um, but the Clippers still got the win. Uh, they beat the Pacers in that game. And the note that came up for me, is he apparently is the first player with 30 points, 25 boards, and 80% shooting from the floor since Shaquille O'Neal in 2004. Hmm. So pretty rare company for Zubats there. Um, you know, he's always just been a solid big man. You don't expect him to score that many points and pull down quite that many boards per night, but he's been one of the league leaders, I think, in boards, or at least, you know, top 15 in the league for the last several years. So, you know, it's great to see a guy like him have a, gr- a ga- great game like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any, any comments you want to add before we jump into our news segment? I know we went through that a little bit quicker than we normally do, but. Uh, I just, for some reason I heard nine rebounds, but now I'm looking at the numbers again. It was 29 rebounds. Yeah. Said, tw- but... 
29. That is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could kind of, you know, like your reaction was just kind of like, oh, wow. And you're like, not that impressed. <laughs> yeah, that's that's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, crazy game. Um, and, you know, I, again, helps for the Clippers still kind of trying to get Kawhi Leonard worked back into that lineup to have some guys step up like that. That's huge for them. Um Okay, jumping into our key news. I don't think we have too much to talk about. We'll outline some quick things here. Uh, firstly, the NBA has a great uh, post on their news page. I think it will still be one of the higher results if you go there. I won't discuss too much because there's a lot to read through. But if you're interested, there's some interesting uh, you know, stats and conversation about you know, some of the early returns from the new rules changes, specifically the take fouls, the harsher penalty on those, as well as the bench decorum, basically not having guys being, you know, on the court who are, you know, really on the bench, not interrupting the game, being a distraction, things like that. Um, So if you want to find that on the NBA's website, the headline is basically that early stats on take fouls and bench decorum rule changes. uh, I recommend it. Again, won't get too deep into it, but just a recommendation. Uh, next, couple injuries. Uh, Oklahoma City's Mike Muscala will be reevaluated in two weeks with a fractured left pinky. Uh, I think he's a decent rotational guy for them, uh, maybe like a seventh, eighth man, depending on the rotation. I haven't seen their minutes this season, but um, you know, again, we wish him the best in his recovery. Uh, Charlotte, Gordon Hayward out indefinitely with a fracture in his left shoulder. Uh, the, the saga for Gordon Hayward continues. Of course, we as jazz fans, you know, have kind of the mixed feelings about <laughs> he, he's left. And since he's left, he's had these kind of myriad of injury troubles. We certainly don't wish injury troubles for anyone. Um, you know, we don't. But if we did wish him for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it's. It's just interesting, you know, it, obviously we can play the what if of if he'd stayed in Utah, it's it's a whole story. But basically, you know, we also wish him the best, of course, in his uh, recovery from that injury. You know, it's just been sad to see his, in, his career kind of get derailed a little bit as these things have gone on. When he's healthy, he's still an effective player. But uh, again, we wish him the best. Um, speaking on that Suns-Lakers game from uh, last week on Tuesday... Uh, and the Patrick Beverly, DeAndre Ayton incident, uh, Patrick Beverly did get suspended three games. I think he served at least one, maybe two games of that suspension. Um, and a couple more uh, recent news updates. ESPN reports, uh, they have sources telling them that the Mavericks are intending to sign Kemba Walker to help their bench scoring. I'm personally kind of surprised he hasn't been signed up to this point. Um, so that's something that they'll be doing. That is yeah, yeah. Uh, Phoenix Suns promote James Jones to president of basketball operations. And let's see, a couple of transactional things. The 76ers wave uh, forward Michael Foster Jr. and sign guard Saban Lee. Those are two-way contracts, both of those. And the same thing for the Heat, two-way contracts. They wave center Orlando Robinson and sign guard Drew Smith. If you remember a week or two weeks ago, they waived drew smith to sign orlando robinson so they have kind of like this rotating two-way contract thing hmm. um two last bits of news uh Giannis and Tenacumpo 
and DeAndre Ayton were named the players of the week in the NBA this past week. And again, we can talk a little bit more about that with our weekly MVP discussion. And finally, just a side note, not a paid advertisement, but NBA League Pass is 50% off if you're interested. Thought I would just float that out there. But that's something myself where I've thought, maybe I'll get it, maybe I won't. Um, but I don't know. I mean, the price might be worth it, again, especially if it's half off. But just so you're aware, if you're considering it. Uh, anyways, any new uh, any input you want to add on our news stories there before we jump right into our game previews? Again, we're kind of blitzing through this faster than I thought we would, but... We need to find a way to get paid for uh, the NBA League Pass advertisement. Absolutely. <laughs> I, <Chris>. think, <laughs> I think we should get, if the one person who listens to this podcast buys League Pass, then we should get the other $7 that they would have, you know, or whatever it is they would have spent the other 50%. <laughs> whatever the discount was, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, some sort of kickback. Okay. We'll jump into our game previews. Uh, this is Monday through Friday. Monday, I'll just mention there was – we only had one kind of nationally broadcast game. It was on NBA TV. Of course, this game's already passed. Uh, and all the game, the times that are given are Eastern Standard Time. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks played the 76ers in Philadelphia at 7. That was an NBA TV game. Uh, we had 10 games tonight. Regardless, let's jump into actual game previews, games that you should look out for. Uh, Tuesday through Friday. Uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, we only have three games. Two of those are our TNT doubleheader. So the first of those at 7.30, the Golden State Warriors are on the road in Dallas against the Mavericks. Um, of course, an intriguing rematch of last year's Western Conference Finals. Um, both teams are still trying to find some stronger footing in that Western Conference race. So that could be a very exciting game. And then sort of a similar story, uh, TNT at 10 o'clock. The Portland Trailblazers play host to the Los An- or the LA Clippers. Uh, again, Trailblazers start off hot. They've slipped. Clippers are gaining some ground. See if two- those two teams can also, you know, prove who's better in this Western Conference race. Uh, two of the three games on Tuesday's slate. Then Wednesday, we have 13 games on Wednesday. Uh, nearly <laughs> a full slate. We'll highlight three games. Firstly, we have an NBA TV doubleheader. Uh, 7.30, the Miami Heat are at the Boston Celtics. That's your Eastern Conference Finals rematch. Uh, Celtics, very strong. Heat, struggling. Uh, Can the Heat get some road momentum going? That would be big for them. And then also NBA TV, 10.30, the Portland Trailblazers on the road in Los Angeles against the Lakers. Um, So we've highlighted the Blazers back-to-back. We'll talk about the Lakers there. Um, Lakers have been blessed with a lot of home games early in the season so far. Can they use that to start to build positive momentum as their schedule shifts into more road-heavy games uh, later down the line? And then finally, uh, between those games on League Pass at 10 o'clock, I wanted to highlight this game, the Indiana Pacers on the road in Sacramento against the Kings. Um, not as publicized as the Simmons return to Philadelphia, but I think the dynamics of Sabonis versus Halliburton in that deal from last year's trade deadline could be very intriguing, especially for two younger teams who are starting to find a lot of you know positive momentum. They're playing well, and they're finding good footing in their conferences. I think that could be a really intriguing game. 
Thursday, there's only one game on that whole day. There's one game. Fortunately, it's on NBA TV, and that's at 7 o'clock. The Dallas Mavericks are in Detroit playing the Pistons. Uh, Pistons, can they start to build some sort of, you know, consistent winning, get some streaks going, something? Meanwhile, can Dallas just, you know, stay strong? That's kind of the – and it, with Detroit, it's interesting because this last week they had a couple big road wins, but they're still, I think, in that bottom of the Eastern Conference. So I'd like to see Detroit try and build that momentum going forward. Friday, we have an 11-game slate. I'll highlight three games. Firstly, on League Pass at 7.30, the Brooklyn Nets play host for the Toronto Raptors. Uh, two teams on kind of equal playing field right now in the Eastern Conference. And teams that a little while ago had a couple of interesting playoff series. So could be noteworthy. But then after that, we have an ESPN doubleheader. Firstly, at 7.30, the Los Angeles Lakers are visiting the Milwaukee Bucks in Milwaukee. Uh, of course, Giannis versus LeBron and AD. Uh, a great game regardless of records, even if the Lakers are struggling. Bucks are really good. You have the star power there. That could be exciting. And then finally, ESPN at 10 o'clock, uh, Chicago Bulls on the road in Golden, uh, in San Francisco against the Golden State Warriors. Um, can the Bulls continue their kind of recent success they've had in the last week or so? Or can Golden State build on their even greater success as they're starting to move up in kind of the play-in and maybe even playoff conversation in the Western Conference? Um, again, that's a lot of things to talk through. Wyatt, I'll ask you if what are maybe one or two games that stand out to you that you think would be games you'd be interested in watching or, you know, players you'd be interested in seeing in these games. Right. Uh, um, I'd like to watch the Trailblazers and Lakers play uh, just because, you know, I like, I like watching uh, Damian Lillard. He's, he's a fun player to watch. Mm-hmm. And then of course the, the Lakers have star power that make them always entertaining to watch. And, you know, I'm still kind of holding out hope that, they're going to end up being successful this season because I like the Lakers, which yeah. I know you don't love them. Uh, but another <laughs> another point of interest I wanted to just point out that I had noticed in preparations for the podcast is that the Spurs are on a eight-game losing streak. And, oh, that's right. You know, having lived in San Antonio for a couple of years, it hurts my heart, but... uh yeah, that's that's rough. Eight games and you haven't won one. Let's talk about that for just a second, kind of as we prelude into our power rankings. Yes. So they <clears throat> let's see. Yeah, you're right. I had forgotten about that because I remember that last week when I was preparing power rankings that they went 0 and 5. But I didn't even think about the fact that they went 0 and 3 this this past week. So they're yeah, eight game losing streak. That is we could have maybe even moved them further down, but I don't want to do that too much because they got off to a pretty strong start in the season. I remember that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely sad to see. I know that they have a lot of young talent, um, and I think that Popovich can turn that around a bit. You know, they could be a little bit more productive, but, um, yeah, tough to see for sure for San Antonio fans. You know, hopefully they can build some momentum. Uh, somewhere in their schedule going forward. Okay, so we'll let that segue us into our power rankings. Um, I think ours are fairly comparable. Um, 
I think we're kind of, you know, I, and again, at this point, you know, there's a lot more agreement as far as we have a lot more understanding with each week that goes, we have more and more kind of clear idea of which teams are doing well, which teams are struggling. Um, but why, why don't you, I think I've had you do this the last couple of weeks, but I'll let you do it again, kind of get us started however you want to, as far as, you know, a top 10 or, you know, biggest mm-hmm. movers, you know, talk, okay. talk us through what's going on with your power rankings. All right. Yeah, I can do that. So, my top ten are pretty similar to what they were last week. Um, I did move the Celtics above the Bucks for the first time so far this season. Yeah. Um, I finally, it, you know, the gap between the one games seventeen versus fourteen is, you know, t- kind of finally convinced me that the Celtics are better than the Bucks, and you know, for whatever reason, I was holding on to the Bucks being kind of my favorite. Yeah. Uh. Other than that, I have a couple big movers, like the um, the Pacers moved up thirteen spots on my list. Yeah, that's a big but one. It's, yeah, it's not really like I don't really feel like they've you know done something crazy in the last week that that just really jumped them up. But uh, they're they have been ranked pretty well in the East. Uh, they're they're currently fourth in the East, and uh, just their their ability to kind of hold a higher position in the East has finally talked me into moving them up to a pretty high spot. Absolutely, being led by Halliburton, the league leader in assists at the moment. So yeah, they've definitely been strong. Yeah, um, Mavericks dropped a lot for me, which I don't. Uh, I don't know. It might have been too hard on them, but they aren't doing so hot. You know, four game losing streak, eleventh in the West, mm-hmm. not looking super good uh, over in Dallas. Despite, you know, I, I like the Mavericks. I would love to see them succeed. Um, yeah. I think you know, comparing that to where, you know, your last week, it looked like you maybe still kind of held on to you know, what they, they could be and the promise they've shown, especially with Luca. But yeah, I, I have them about that same area, maybe even just a touch lower. So I don't think that's mm-hmm. too far, but yeah, yeah, I definitely, I definitely been holding on to a little uh, bit of hope, hoping, you know, <laughs> Luca and, you know, can pull him out of this and, you know, he's been playing well, but there's only so much one guy can do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. The wizards dropped few spots raptors dropped a few spots and nicks dropped a little bit nothing else like crazy happened Mm -hmm. uh within my power rankings i think that you know we see the warriors you know creeping their way up they're uh up to eighth in the west so uh i kind of expect that trend to continue i think they're going to continue increasing their position here yeah. Uh, you know, hoping the same for the Lakers could happen. They are on a two game winning streak right now. We'll see. Yeah. We'll, well see how that goes. Yeah. And I think that's where, in, in some key spots, your power rankings over time have looked a little better than mine as far as, you know, you've kept Golden State from dropping too low because, you know, you have that longer season outlook. And so now that you're starting to build that momentum, 
you know, it kind of follows that trajectory. So I think you've, you've made a good call there. Um, comparing them to mine, you know, I did drop them pretty low and similar to you, they're climbing up. Do you mind if I segue into my power rankings real quick? Just kind no, of talking. Take about... it away. Okay. Yeah. So um, I, again, similar to you, I don't have a ton of big changes for me. The jazz was a big drop. I think on your list, they had fallen about three spots because right. you had kind of held off putting them up too high. Um, but since they went 0-4 this last week, um, <clears throat> they actually just dropped tonight's game as well to Chicago. So they're on a five-game losing streak. Uh, they've been without Mike Conley for all of those games, kind of showing he's been a big part of their uh, success or potentially could be one of the big pieces. Um, but we we now have the Jazz at that same spot, that 10th spot right now. Um, you could argue maybe even moving them lower, especially with their ranked where they're ranked in the Western conference and how competitive that conference is. But, uh, you know, I feel good about 10th right now. Meanwhile, uh, a lot of teams move up basically nine through three with the exception of one team are all teams that have moved up. Uh, the Suns move up one spot, the Cavs move up the Grizzlies Clippers Pelicans, Pacers, Nuggets stay the same at five. Uh, and, of course, Celtics, Bucks, I keep that same one, too. Uh, some big movement up in that top group. Meanwhile, the Hawks and the Trailblazers fall out of that uh, top group. Sixers move up. They went three and one. Uh, they are up to 13. Kings fall a little bit, a um, few spots. They went one and two, but they're still playing fairly well. Like you talked about, Golden State, a move up. Uh, as far as other big movers, similar to you, I have Dallas falling. I didn't have them quite as high the previous week. Uh, they fall to number 21, though, so they're in an even lower spot. Uh, at the very bottom, I have the Lakers moving up a little bit again. They're starting to kind of get some momentum going. Uh, otherwise, we're pretty similar. You know, we have we kind of have that clear idea of, you know, your top group is – Celtics, Bucks, and Suns, and Cavs, and Nuggets. You know, that's your your top teams right now. And we also have an idea of those low teams. And then the interesting group is really that middle third or middle half where you have your play-in spots, you have your, you know, five and six playoff spots, who's going to miss the playoffs. There's a lot of intrigue there. You know, can Miami build that positive momentum? Is Minnesota working that way? Is, you know, Portland going to fall off or maybe even Toronto or something like that, you know? So I think there's a lot of intrigue. And again, I'm excited to see this work, uh, see where this goes for week seven. Any final points to discuss with our power rankings before we jump into our weekly MVP conversation? No, I don't have any. Okay, perfect. Let's jump into that. Again, you, uh, if you've been listening to the show, you know the drill. Uh, after each week, uh, of an NBA season, we define our weeks as Monday through Sunday. Uh, so week six ended last night, Sunday night of November 27th. So that was the end of week six. With each week, we pick a weekly MVP based on uh, players, stats, and games for just that week. Lately, when I've been picking our candidates, we focus on team win-loss record when they play. Plus-minus is a big indicator as well as overall statistical impact, mainly traditional stats, because um, we're, I don't know about, I think if I can speak for why, I certainly am a more traditional stats kind of guy. Um, 
you know, there's plenty of advanced stats out there, but we'll, we'll go with the points, the rebounds, the good old stuff. Um, we have a number of candidates. I'll give you the list real quick. Uh, Giannis, Jason Tatum, DeMar DeRozan, Donovan Mitchell, LeBron James, Nicole Jokic, Jalen Green, John Morant, Steph Curry, and DeAndre Ayton are our 10 candidates for week seven. And I last week, I remember it being pretty clear cut. This week, I think we could have a conversation about this. It might take us a little bit more time. There's a few ways right. we can go with this. Wyatt, what are your first impressions looking at kind of what these teams did and how these players <clears throat> led, led their teams? Yeah, so my, my first uh, impression was Jason Tatum. You know, he's mm. he hasn't scored quite as many points uh, as Giannis per game, and he played one less game last week, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's kind of a point in Giannis's favor that he's held it out for four games as opposed to three. But, you know, he he rebounded, you know, one rebound more per game than Giannis at 10.7. Uh, pretty comparable in assists, five point three for Tatum versus five point eight for Giannis. Uh, almost a whole less turnover per game, three as opposed to three point eight. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know, not as quite, not quite as good on the steals, but close. A little bit better on blocks, but pretty much the same. And then two less fouls. Uh, I think he's a pretty solid candidate this week, and uh, and then of course he's. Um, plays for the Celtics, who just moved up to number one for me, uh, yeah. overtaking the Bucks on my power rankings. So that's that's my first uh, my my knee jerk reaction, I guess. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely a fair reaction, and especially if we want to talk a little more about Tatum and with the Celtics, like you said, you know, if you had to ask, you know, family feud style, we ask hundred people best team in the NBA right now probably your top answer is Celtics, especially record wise. And they've kept momentum going for the most part. Tatum's, you know, obviously the, the main guy there, a pretty good sidekick in Jalen Brown, but yeah, 31 points or nearly 32 points in this stretch. I, the thing that stands out, those nearly 11 rebounds, you know, and yeah. he's been, he's been a solid rebounder, but to get that many boards, you know, he's really doing a lot for the Celtics team. And I think that's, that's pretty good. Absolutely. Uh, pretty good to see but Giannis definitely does have you know it's a little more on him in the sense of Tatum has Brown Giannis I think is still without Middleton up to this point or if he has returned he's probably on a minutes restriction um so definitely a fair argument there uh to talk about our other candidates I kind of like the idea of well I like the idea of LeBron except he had Nearly six and a half turnovers. Yeah, six and yeah. a half turnovers, which is not great. They the two games he played, they won. So, you know, the results kind of speak for themselves there, I guess. Um, you know, John Morant solid. I mean, 28 and 10 assists. I do really like the idea of DeAndre Ayton for this pick, though. Uh, and I know the points aren't as impressive, but you look, they they won all three games that he played that last week. Uh, about 24 points a game, so a little bit lower scoring, but 16 boards. And, you know, that's really – you have to think with Phoenix when they drafted him number one overall, that's kind of more what they would hope. And maybe not quite on a ultra-regular basis, but a guy who can consistently have, you know, once every two or three weeks a game where he's grabbing 16 boards, you know. 
And it seems right. like we've been limited in seeing that with Aiton. So it's great to yeah. see him have that type of game. Uh, 1.3 blocks as well. And, you know, the fouls aren't too high. He's playing kind of in within that offense, playing his game. And especially against the Jazz, he had a pretty dominant game. So I think there's a number of great candidates. I hear what you're saying with Tatum, and I think that's a pretty solid pick. If I had to make a pick, I for some whatever reason, I'm kind of leaning towards Aiton or mm-hmm. maybe perhaps a Giannis, but I don't know, kind of on the fence about it. Yeah, um, I mean, Aiton is impressive, especially, you know, playing big uh, like center in high school. <clears throat> I'm impressed that his blocks are as high as they are. While also, you know, on our list, he's tied for the lowest amount of fouls. You know, it's 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 kind of hard to get a lot of blocks, and I'm not also have your, you know, your fair share of fouls. I feel absolutely, like. and so that's that is impressive. And you know, he did okay for assists for a big man, which you know, also another standout on this list is is Jokic, of, right? You know, having eight point three assists per game, and then. Solid, of course, everywhere else. 30 points, almost 11 rebounds, and uh, a steal and near a block a game. Yeah. We do have a lot of really good candidates this week. It's definitely the most uh, competitive week we've had so far, I think, in our MVP conversation. Absolutely. And I think we talked about this last week, right? Like, oh, we'll hopefully have some more kind of heated discussions and yeah. make it interesting. I, I Well, and now I'm taking another look. Maybe I almost am leaning another way. So I'm looking at Curry and he's, you know, we sometimes in this kind of conversation write him off because we've already awarded him enough almost in the sense of he's been a multi-time seasonal MVP, you know, finals mvp now finally multiple multiple time champion but i mean you look at the stretch just this past week we're talking about just a weekly mvp three no about 27 points a game seven boards seven assists turnovers a little high but like you know with how much clay thompson has struggled they're still working some of the younger guys in especially wiseman who had had the injury the last season He's kind of carrying that team and bringing them, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, we're wondering, are they even going to make the playoffs? And now they're, what'd you say? They're eighths in the, in the West right now. Yeah. Not eighth or ninth, you know, and they've, and he's kind of dragged that team kicking and screaming up into a competitive position. Right. You know, I, I've been back and forth on some of these candidates. I want to lock in my number one vote for Steph Curry right there. I've talked really? myself into that. Yes. Yes. See, I, I... <laughs> w- with your talk for Steph Curry, it makes me, uh, you know, want to bring John Morant back into the conversation, who also has, okay. you know, already won one. But, you know, we look at his numbers, all of them are better than Curry's, except for, you know, Curry was 0. 0.3 higher on rebounds. Yeah. Um, he, d- he did lose one game, two and one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's kind of in a similar situation. He he doesn't have a ton of help around him. Uh, and he has way less experience. Like, he he's a young guy trying to drag a team up versus, you know, Steph has already got the prestige, the the uh, rings, you know? Yeah. I don't know. They're, it's a tight race here. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I'm, uh, I'm pulling up a couple of... Uh stats to hopefully build an argument around 
Um, <laughs> just because <laughs> why not? Uh, let me pull this up real quick. So I want to. I have a couple of points to maybe persuade you my way. Okay. Um, <laughs> firstly, the first argument I would make would be our shooting percentages. Okay, if you look at Morant, fifty uh, percent from the floor, twenty-five percent from three, sixty-three percent or sixty-four percent from the free throw line, versus Curry, you know, forty-eight from the floor, forty-one percent from three on 11 threes a game or 11 attempts per game and he didn't miss a free throw so that would be my first argument also i'll add in a third thing i wasn't going to notice i wasn't noticing before he was nearly a plus 20 in that stretch uh jaw was a plus 10 uh talking just standard plus minus but still very impressive um my third argument would be i i hear you that Jaw doesn't have a ton of offensive help, similar to Curry in some sense. But my counter would be uh, Desmond Bain, okay? And he's a guy who has really kind of broke out this season. Um, I think he's averaging – he's in the 20s, I think, as far as points. Uh, let me find where he's at. He's somewhere in here. But he's been playing great. He might – Let's see, he might have missed some games with injury, and that's why he's not showing up. There he is, yeah. So he's, he's he's played 12 games this season. He's missed some time, so that's a fair point. But when he has played, he's been tremendous from the floor, 45% from three, and nearly 25 a game. So I think Ja does have a little bit more help there, especially if you're comparing kind of to what Clay has done this season and the conversation of him struggling. I don't think he's struggling as bad as people think he is. But it is a little bit less offense. And, you know, the team around that, if you're starting Kevon Looney, um, you know, neither Kevon Looney or Steven Adams is a huge offensive threat. But in that conversation, I'd definitely take Steven Adams. And, right. uh, you know, I think Memphis has a little bit more help currently as far as players doing well than maybe Golden State has. Uh, hmm. I, just, I would disagree with thoughts. that. Okay. Just, just uh, you know, earlier we talked about the Warriors and how each, like all of their starters were in double digits and points. Yeah, and I don't think, I don't think the Grizzlies have that very often. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's some big names on with the Warriors. Whether they show up or not on a given night is, you know, either here, they're there, here, or there. But uh, I'd yeah. say you know, Draymond's gonna show up every now and then clay of course can go off and be crazy but it's usually pretty consistent jordan mm-hmm. pool i don't know i think i think the warriors have more i think steph's got more help than jaw but yeah i don't know I, an argument could be made either way for sure <laughs> i think what it is is probably the you know <clears throat> ceiling versus the consistency if that makes sense right yeah like the, gold... the Warriors for sure have a higher ceiling, yes. Absolutely. But are they as consistent? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, they have you know more talent, but then this season especially, they've just been a little bit more volatile, right? So I right. guess I, I can see what you're saying. It goes kind of both ways. Yeah. Um, so that makes it tough for us. How are we going to pick our – I got to also throw in – Jaws still not my first vote. My first vote is still Jason Tatum. Okay. So... Maybe I shouldn't be spending as much time, you know, <laughs> talking about Jaw. <laughs> no, that's fair. 
I mean, well, because my second pick would probably be either Aiton or Giannis. So we're very split here. We don't really yeah. have to be anatomous. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Maybe we do it this way. Um, all right, we're going to do... I, you know, I could probably roll with Aiton. I'm impressed with, with his numbers, and he's a guy that, you know, put up put on a show last week, and I'm not sure we'll see him on this list super often the rest of the season you know right yeah no see but i don't want to make you just compromise that you know quickly that feels a little bit disingenuous here i have an idea though we're going to make this uh we're going to make this work let me take the time to come up with this so the listener cannot see this but i'm making a little addition to our table so we're going to give a vote or a ranking for each player. And basically, well, we'll do points or no ranking. Sorry. 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 We'll do ranking. Okay. And then I can assign the points afterwards. Basically your first, second, third and rank, rank all your choices. And then we'll give each of them points out of two people. The top points getter gets the MVP. How does that sound? That sounds perfect. Okay. And if we don't like it, we can change it. Okay. Because we are a it wouldn't be a uh, dictatorship, but would it be an oligarchy? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <clears throat> um anyways, okay, let me go ahead and throw my votes in here. Um this is gonna be very exciting for the listener at home who Man, can't. You know, I hadn't even looked that closely at DeMar DeRozan, but he's got some pretty impressive numbers too, and <clears throat> with yeah. his uh wins over you know, Boston and, uh, geez, where'd my mind go? Uh, Milwaukee. Boston and Milwaukee last week. He's yeah. got a pretty, uh, pretty strong pull there. Yeah. It's, I go to, <clears throat> I would definitely agree with that. Uh, okay. I think I've got my rankings as I want them. And basically what I'll do with the the rankings is I'll just switch that with points. So like if you're rated 10 or sorry, if you're rated first, that's 10 points. Second is nine. And so it's basically the inverse of the rankings. Okay. Hopefully that's fair. And again, that sounds fair to me. It's almost like the, the two person equivalent of, have someone else choose for you. And if you don't like the choice, like you're choosing between two things <clears throat> yes. and if they, <laughs> they choose the one thing and you're unhappy, then you go with the other. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me go ahead and convert this to, to points here. So first is 10. Second is nine. Oh, this is going to get confusing. Tatum was your first choice, right? Right. Okay. Here, I can just change mine and you can change yours. Oh, that, that makes it a little easier. Yeah. Okay. Because I was thinking like, wait, wait I'm going to not, I'm not going to know which numbers have already been replaced. And, uh, eight, uh, four is seven, five is six, six is five. Uh, 
seven. Which one was my seven? Crap. <laughs> I'm already forgetting. Seven is my four. Uh, eight. Three. Nine. Two. Ten. One. Okay. I think I did that correctly. Hopefully my talking to appease the audience was not disrupting your process. No. No, okay. you're good. Um, okay, so you've done yours? Yep. <clears throat> okay, let's go ahead and add up these scores. Uh, so Curry, 12 points, so he's not winning it. Tatum got 14. DeRozan, 15. Giannis, 15. Uh, Jokic, 13. Aiton, 17. So it looks like Aiton... Aiton for the win. Aiton for the win. Do we both feel good about that? I feel good about that. Like I said, I was impressed with what he did as a big man. You know, lots of blocks, minimal fouls, ton of boards. I feel good about that. Good assists for a big man, too. Especially for a big man that's not traditionally known as like a big passing big man, like a you know, like a Jokic type. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we'll go ahead and uh, final call. We're good with DeAndre. Ayton. We are good. Ride him on the crystal trophy. Yeah. Yes, we of will. Most valuable miss. Yes. <laughs> of I think the price tag. I know I did finally take the price tag off of it. Um, <laughs> the two two dollar price tag. Yes, week six MVP, and it's getting harder to write this because it's now on like the the thinner like handle part of it. I've run out of space at the bottom. I gotcha. So yes, our week six MVP, DeAndre Ayton, and I will just hope that Curry. I mean, I imagine he's going to continue to have a hot stretch, and maybe he'll get the award somewhere down the line. And then same thing with. Tatum or Morant. We did give it to Morant already. He was our first yeah. winner. So that's true. But um, okay, yeah. Week six MVP, DeAndre Ayton. Again, DeAndre, we have the trophy here for you whenever you want to come pick that up. Um, you can hold on to it for the week, take it on the road with you. Um, just make sure you bring it back for Monday's show. Okay. Um, let's see. Anything else you want to talk about that before we do our, our wrap up? No, great week. Uh, you know a lot of stars absolutely yeah star performances great games throughout um our this day in history fact for <laughs> november 28th this time it comes from the year 2003 uh los angeles lakers forward carl malone that still sounds weird even though i barely was in the point of having memories when this happened um los angeles lakers forward carl malone finishes with 10 points 11 rebounds and 10 assists in a 103 to 87 win against the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, when he did this, Malone, at 40 years old and 127 days, became the oldest player in NBA history to record a triple double. Wow. So, pretty cool to that. Thought I'd add that in. Um, I imagine he still has that stat. I would think so. I, I can't, can't think of anyone who would have <laughs> broken it, you know? Yeah. I, <clears throat> uh, yeah, definitely hard to think. He's. Until you have to think until LeBron is playing when he's 40. Yeah, I was gonna say he probably <laughs> will. Could probably probably break that. Yeah, but um, up to this point, I think Carl Malone is probably one of the top five 
40 years old players, yeah. you know, he was still pretty productive when he played that season in Los Angeles. But. Right. Did, did Kobe, Kobe didn't end with a triple double on his last game, you know, a 63 point game or whatever, right? No, it was just, it was 60 points. I don't or think 60 points. Uh, we can pull that up real quick. Um, curious about that now. We're going to extend the show just a second to double check <laughs> uh, Kobe's, let's see, 2016. Uh, the the positives of using this website so much is, you know, this is basketballreference.com, is you know exactly how to find stat lines. There you go. Four rebounds, four assists. So, no, he did oh, not okay. quite have a triple double. That would have been cool, though. Um, yeah. But anyways, oh, and he was only 37 in his last season. Oh, well, I guess there's that too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he just seemed old. <laughs> he did. Well, I mean, because he, you forget that he came out of high school. So, it, you know, right. make, makes sense in that aspect. But yeah. Anyways, okay. Um, I think that's it for us. Uh, Wyatt, closing remarks. Go. Uh, you know, fun week of basketball. It's. Definitely fun when we have a <laughs> competitive MVP conversation here. I yeah, think the point system was, you know, a good way to to settle a a tough decision there. Yeah, good diplomacy by me, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I laud your professionalism. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that, um, and I appreciate all of you. We we both appreciate all of you for listening. Um, again, we will be back. Um, you know, we're back on more of a consistent uh, schedule, uh, especially now that I finally got kind of my apartment organized. I've got a clear idea with my personal uh, situation and my job, what's what's going on with that. Uh, so I feel comfortable, you know, falling into more of a consistent schedule with this. So we'll be back tomorrow uh, to talk about uh, kind of more award chases, especially now that we're, uh, what, a quarter-ish into the season can talk about, you know, MVP-type picks, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, all those fun things. Um, of course, Wyatt will be back next week on Mondays. He'll, that's kind of the deal. He hosts on Mondays or co-hosts on Mondays, and we'll have a rotating cast. Uh, still kind of finding some people who want to help out with that. Uh, but regardless, we thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow.